It's January 16th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four big briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, we've got the latest out of Iowa, where Donald Trump was the big winner last night, plus some data and insights this morning into why Joe Biden and the Democrats are so far behind in the polls. Second, let me ask you a question. Is the U.S. southern border in a state of crisis Well, we will talk about how Democrats are answering that question this morning, with one saying that illegal migrants are actually very good for this country, while another is locking them down under a new curfew. Third, we've got three international updates to talk about this morning, one from the country of the Maldives in our battle for the Indian Ocean, plus an election in Guatemala to discuss, and later, some very angry farmers in Germany who have had quite enough of their government and the war in Ukraine. Finally, some good news from the AI revolution. New internet service will tether farm equipment to the web, and that will help cattlemen out there if their cows are having trouble giving birth. I'll explain. But first, let's get to that top story of the morning. Donald Trump won big in Iowa yesterday. It appears he won over 50% of the vote last night, far ahead of his nearest rival, at least as of this recording. That matches polling, by the way, that we saw from before the big boat, that Trump would come out on top, and indeed he has. It also matches this next remarkable fact. Republicans in Iowa were asked whether they would vote for Mr. Trump even if he were convicted of the various crimes that he is being charged with. They said, yes, they would. A majority of GOP voters in Iowa say that the charges against Trump are a political witch hunt, all by the Biden administration or by Democrats in places like D.C., New York City, or Atlanta, Georgia. Well, with Iowa now in our rear views, we are now off to New Hampshire, where voters there will be weigh in on January 3rd for their GOP pick. After that, Nevada will vote on February 8th. And then onwards to South Carolina we go, where they vote on February 24th. By that time, we should have a very good sense of the likely GOP nominee, if not before. But in the meantime, no matter who wins these next states, the leading Republican nominees are all sitting in very strong positions this morning against Joe Biden. A CBS News poll out on Sunday showed this. Mr. Trump, Mr. DeSantis and Miss Nikki Haley all beat Mr. Biden nationally. Previous polls showed mostly the same in all swing states. And that appears to be driven, ladies and gentlemen, by three things. First, Americans continue to rate Mr. Biden very poorly. An ABC News poll out over the weekend showed that his approval rating is now at a new low. Only 33% approve of his performance. That is the lowest of any president since George Bush back in 2006 and 7. Second, Mr. Biden is losing ground because he is losing Democrat voters. A Gallup poll out over the weekend shows that just 27% of your fellow Americans identify as Democrats. And that is a big change from over the past 30 years when Democrats had far greater advantages in both registration and America's independents who tended to lean towards Democrats. That is no longer true. Third this morning, Mr. Biden is falling behind his Republican opponents because most Americans are concerned about the economy. They say that Mr. Biden is doing a terrible job on that. For what it's worth, the data bear out that criticism. We, we know that since Mr. Biden assumed office, wages and Social Security payments have not kept up with inflation. 
And that means that people feel financially worse off. Of course, the White House hopes that that will change this year. Some preliminary data suggest maybe. But for now, Americans are very pessimistic. Now, to show us how pessimistic folks are, I want to flag something for you because it's quite important. A poll out yesterday from ABC News shows that 52% of Americans say that the American dream is now dead. Another 18% said that actually the American dream has never existed. So you take that together and 70% of Americans who are right now in a very pessimistic mood this morning about the future and promise of this country. By the way, that is especially true of folks age 18 to 29. So those are the facts and data this morning as Mr. Donald Trump takes a victory lap around and out of Iowa because burr. Meanwhile, his competitors are taking their campaigns to New Hampshire and South Carolina for hopefully some better luck. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. And I want to focus on this idea of the American dream. Mr. Biden is basing his campaign on what he calls Bidenomics. And his argument is that actually the economy is great and getting better. In fact, on November 1st, he said in a speech that, quote, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream, end quote. Well, that's a problem because 70 percent of Americans think that the dream is dead. So that means that Bidenomics, as a policy or as a campaign slogan, probably dead too. So let's see if Mr. Biden and his team ever realize that and pivot to something else. He's got about nine months to figure out what else that might be, or perhaps to revive the American dream. Can he do that? Well, early and absentee ballots start in about nine months, so we shall see, and I'll keep you posted. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning, and let me ask you a question. Is the U.S. southern border in a state of crisis? Well, most Americans say yes. In fact, a strong majority say that the country is being invaded, actually, all by illegal migrants. So, yeah, that would suggest a crisis. But that view is being contested this morning by a few very important Democrats. We start with Joe Biden, who said over the weekend that actually it's not a crisis at all. He did not offer what other word he might use to describe the border, but he did say that whatever the problems might be, it is all the fault of Republicans. He claimed that he's being asked, or rather has been asking, the House GOP for all kinds of money to deal with border issues, but they just don't want to work with him. To the point, last week he said that he wanted $3.5 billion for more border agents to process illegals, plus 100 more immigration judges to hear asylum cases more quickly as well. Critics point out, however, that the extra agents and those judges would only expedite the problem, not make it better. Those new agents, for example, would simply process illegals faster and dump them into the country. And the new judges, they wouldn't really matter because Mr. Biden and Democrats largely refuse to deport most of those folks, even after their asylum applications are rejected by those judges. Rather, as folks know, Democrats have largely embraced sanctuary cities and states that protect illegal migrants from being deported. And let me give you some more data uh, to prove the point. The Washington Post reported a couple of weeks ago that about 143,000 illegals and other migrants have been deported under Mr. Biden. But compare that number, 143,000, to the at least 3.5 million who have been released into the country. That, by the way, is according to the Department of Homeland Security. So you do the math, and that's about 96% of illegals who get here and stay here. And to that, Mr. Biden says that is not a crisis. In fact, others in his party say it's a good thing. 
New York Representative Jerry Nadler, who is a senior Democrat, he says that we need those illegals in America. Quote, our vegetables would rot in the ground if they weren't being picked by many illegal immigrants. End quote. Ah, but that's not all. He went on to say that native-born Americans aren't having enough babies, so we need to import people from abroad to grow the country and our economy. Well, for listeners of The Right Report, you are not surprised by either of those arguments about babies or vegetables. On December 27th, we covered the top five reasons that Democrats like Mr. Nadler support open borders or illegal migration. If you missed that episode over the Christmas holiday, I would highly recommend you listen to it. Lots of good facts and data in there. But nevertheless, these justifications from Democrats do help explain this. The U.S. immigration court system is now backed up with three million migrants who are awaiting a court date. That is according to the Associated Press, who noted that that number is a record. And also, as noted by the AP, that will leave virtually all of these illegal migrants in the U.S. for years. And that is despite the fact that over 75% of them are claiming asylum, but they do not qualify. That is based on data from the KFF or Kaiser Family Foundation and the LA Times. But in the meantime, these illegal migrants are in America. And right now, you may be surprised to hear that some of them are not doing too well. In Chicago, for instance, some are struggling in the bitter cold. The city is running out of places to put them all, and that has led to Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker to beg with Texas's governor, Greg Abbott, to stop sending illegals to his state. Quote, I plead with you for mercy, end quote. However, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said he was unable to offer that mercy, only more buses. And that led Chicago's leftist mayor to suspend his new rule to throw out migrants from area shelters if they have been there for 60 days or more. So the idea that uh, to this uh, concept was to make room for new arrivals, pushing out the older ones. But with the weather being so poor, this idea has been scrapped for now. Newly arrived illegals will have to be stacked up somewhere. I'll keep you posted on that. Meanwhile, in New York City this morning, the Democrat mayor there is a fellow named Eric Adams. He just announced a curfew. All illegals that are staying at four big city shelters Well, they must remain inside the buildings between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. And he's doing this because of complaints from fellow New Yorkers that the illegals are roaming the streets and knocking on doors of people's homes at all hours of the day and night. They're looking for handouts, food, clothes, money, anything. And it's been getting pretty aggressive. The illegals are banging on doors or reluctant to leave private property, often with their children in tow. For what it's worth, the new curfew rules... They start tonight, and anyone found that uh, violating the curfew, they might get removed. They are allowed to violate curfew three times within 30 days, and at that point, they might be removed. So those are the ongoing facts and data about this invasion, crisis, really wonderful news. I guess it all depends on your party affiliation and maybe your use of logic and reason this morning. As for my analysis and opinion, I would encourage you to go back to that December 27th episode where I covered the arguments for why people, especially Democrats, are are pro-immigration or pro-open borders. But as you consider that brief, I, I will offer you this as a personal reflection. Democrats, of course, know that we have a migrant crisis. Mayor Adams said that a couple of months ago, indeed, when he said that the migrant crisis would destroy his city. And they also know that their sanctuary cities are magnets, right, just as they set them up to be to ignore the federal government's deportation procedures. 
And now they're having to live with it. And it stinks. To the point New York is now locking down migrants through curfews to stop them from begging or cheating or stealing. And they're doing all those things, by the way, as paid subscribers will see in the transcripts. The examples are all listed there. The bottom line is that, oh dear, this migrant uh, crisis invasion or really good news, well, in my view, it's bad and it is going to get worse all across this country. As I've shared with you before, we've got more darkness to go through before we even get close to the dawn. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Your financial support is keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. We'll be right back. Well, folks, by now you know that some listeners like to call me the angel of death because apparently I deliver such bad news on this podcast. Well, if that's you and this podcast keeps you up at night, well, calm yourselves right back down and do so with a comfy bed from Ghostbed. <laughs> yep, it's a company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And y'all know that is true because I own one. I have the Lux model. That one is designed to help people like me who sleep a little bit hot. But they've got other great models, too. There's the Classic. Uh, there is the Massage Bed. That sounds fun. Plus, there's one called 3D Matrix. That sounds scary, but I still want one. Doesn't matter. Whatever model you choose from Ghostbed, just do it. These mattresses are built with high-quality materials, fine craftsmanship, and when you get into that ghost bed, you feel both of those things. And great news, you can get one of these mattresses delivered right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, to buy a bed without lying in it first, well, I get it. But Ghostbed has already solved that problem. They have a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns. So, folks, if Brian, the angel of death, scares you during the day, let Ghostbed protect you at night with a great night's sleep. And here's the best part. Get 50% off when you do. Go to ghostbed.com slash right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And 50% off your Ghostbed purchase will be given to you, my friends. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. Oh, boy, but when you do, you are going to get that good night's sleep that you deserve. I guarantee it. My friends, have you gotten your Factor Meals yet? If not, holy smokes, you should. Factormeals.com is the best meal delivery company in the United States. I promise you this. I have tried the others. These guys are it. They give you more than 35 different meal options to choose from every single week. That includes Calorie Smart, which is a pretty good idea after the holidays. Also, they've got Protein Plus, which is a great idea for after the gym. And even vegetarian options, which is a great idea for people who are crazy. Just kidding. We love our vegetarians, too. Well, anyway, it's all delivered, ladies and gentlemen, fresh, right to your doorstep, never frozen. All you got to do is open the box, and after a couple of minutes of heating, you have got a great meal to enjoy. And that's true for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Plus, they've got some wonderful grab-and-go snacks and some tasty cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. As ever, I've told you this before, I love their pork chops. They've also got shredded chicken tacos that are so good. Also, they've got a new lasagna that is out, and it is top-notch. These meals, folks, really are delicious, and they are a perfect option for either busy people like me or retired folks who just want 
good, healthy meals, but they don't want the fuss of cooking. So support the folks who support this podcast, my friends, and get yourselves Factor Meals at 50% off right now. So go to factormeals.com slash right five zero. That's W-R-I-G-H-T five zero. And you get 50% off. Yeah. Again, that's promo code right five zero at factormeals.com slash right five zero and get that 50% off. But more importantly, my friends, you're getting a meal service that is good for your body and great for your taste buds. I guarantee it. If your mornings are like mine, you are looking for energy and not any old energy. You're looking for heart healthy energy. That's why I enjoy taking something called Super Beats Heart Chews. It's a tasty way to get the energy that I'm looking for, plus performance and endurance. In fact, those are the things that attracted me to this product. But there's more. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. So that is why I pop two little chews in my mouth in the morning, and I am set. No pills to swallow, no ingredients to mix or prepare. In short, it's the heart-healthy energy support that I look for and some blood pressure support to boot. So go to GetSuperBeats.com. That's B-E-E-T-S.com. And double your potential with Superbeats Heart Chews. And here's how you do it. Use promo code RIGHT and you will get a 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews for free plus 15% off your first order. My goodness, go to GetSuperBeats.com and use that promo code right and get the heart-healthy energy that you need and support for healthy blood pressure too. And you will be so glad you did. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards international developments with three key updates. First, we go back to the Indian Ocean this morning to talk about the country of the Maldives. As we discussed on October 3rd and then again on January 5th, that little island country has a big impact on the world, given its proximity to global shipping lanes and proximity to a very important U.S. military base on a nearby island or atoll called Diego Garcia. As I've shared with you, the Maldives has historically aligned with or been pretty friendly towards India. But the new president of the Maldives wants to draw instead closer to China. And that would be bad for not just the Indians, but also bad for us, given how close the Maldives are to that critical base on Diego Garcia. And that takes us to the news. The new president of the Maldives has formally asked India to withdraw their 80 or so soldiers that are stationed on the island. They have to be out by March 15th. This comes just days after the president, Muizu, traveled to Beijing to draw his country closer to the communists. Indeed, he signed over 20 deals with Beijing. The decision to boot the Indians and their soldiers comes right after this President Muizu and his government have been saying some pretty nasty things about India with some really brutal personal insults directed specifically at the Prime Minister of New Delhi. Observers are now wondering what India will do in response, either overtly or covertly. Indian commentators and analysts are calling this moment in history a proxy war between Beijing and New Delhi all using this little country of the Maldives. So we shall see how this plays out with possible impacts on those U.S. military personnel in Diego Garcia. That's why I will be watching, and I will give you more as I learn it. 
Next up, we head to the Latin American country of Guatemala, where a new leftist president was just sworn in after a whole bunch of drama sparked by the former conservative president and his allies in the country. So let's talk about some quick history here. The new president, named Bernard Arevalo, is fairly described this morning as a leftist, much like the presidents in Mexico and Colombia. He won the presidency a couple of months ago after a pretty shocking vote. Polls show that he was not expected to win, but he did. And his conservative opponents then got to work to try to stop him from assuming office. They tried a few different things, but at the end of the day, they failed. And Mr. Arevalo was elevated to the highest office. But the reason for their failure is why I bring this news to you this morning. The allegation is that Mr. Arevalo, along with his party and the Biden White House, worked to ensure that he would be placed into the presidency and conservatives in that country would be neutered. In fact, the allegation got some extra fuel over the weekend when the conservative-controlled Congress elected a new leader of that body that wasn't conservative. Apparently, the members of that Congress were being threatened by the U.S. Embassy. The, threatened, uh, the threats, rather, included penalties like the revoking of visas and sanctioning of conservative businesses, unless they agreed to work with this new leftist president and his party. And because of that, because of those threats, the conservatives in Guatemala's Congress, they buckled, at least allegedly. Well, as you would imagine, the Biden White House, the U.S. Embassy, plus this new president and his party, they deny all of this, saying that the people of Guatemala have spoken, especially the poor and the indigenous, and they are rightfully angry about corruption and poverty. And that is why this new guy is the president. No other reason. Okay, so those are the quick facts and data about this new president of Guatemala and the allegations of Biden White House interfering in a foreign democracy. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. So two quick things. First, the Biden White House has long said that their foreign policy in this region and our related immigration strategy is to get to the root causes of corruption and economic inequality. So based on what my sources are telling me, the Biden White House is backing, installing this leftist president who promises either leftist or Marxist solutions to these things like economic inequality and corruption, just like we see in places like Mexico, Colombia, and Brazil. Second, let's just be honest, the United States has been picking and choosing Central American leaders for over 100 years. Sometimes that has been for conservative candidates, sometimes for corporate interests, like the United Fruit Company, which, by the way, if you don't know that history, is so incredible. It involves the CIA and a very clumsy invasion. But here's my point. Based on what my sources are telling me, I can tell you with medium confidence that what Biden is doing here is what so many of his predecessors have done, using the power of the U.S. presidency and the federal government to decide the electoral winners and losers in places like Guatemala, and then we tell them what to do. Now, in principle, I have no problem with that. American leaders sometimes do these things. In fact, I've advocated for it uh, regarding Mexico, for instance. But I find it just a touch ironic that Mr. Biden and his team, who claim so publicly to be so very committed to democracy and free and fair elections or against foreign influence from places or countries like the Russians, when actually they're not quite so principled. The only question is whether they are doing this, ladies and gentlemen, in only Guatemala this morning or maybe other places too, like, I don't know, elections in Ukraine or, gosh, what about some elections closer to home in 2024? 
<clears throat> oh, now that sounds like a conspiracy. None of that this morning. Let's move on. But I will keep watching Guatemala nonetheless. And we move on to some news about farmers. On January 5th, I shared with you how German farmers were revolting over some budget cuts that would severely impact their ability to operate. The cuts impacted fuel subsidies for diesel and some tax breaks on equipment that they purchase. So here's why that is a big deal for those farmers. Production costs for many German farmers and ranchers, those costs are up 40% over the past two years. Electricity costs alone are up 50%. A part of that is due to the war in Ukraine, with Germany's gas, diesel, and electricity supply mostly coming from the Russians, but no more. Nevertheless, with these latest budget cuts, German farmers and ranchers would prospectively lose another 10 to 15% of their revenue. And while it is true that things are looking a little bit better over the past year for certainly larger ag operations, it's still disastrous for small to medium-sized operations, and many are on the brink of bankruptcy. And that is what is driving so many farmers and ranchers this morning to drive their tractors to the capital of Berlin and other major cities, as I shared with you earlier this month, all to remind their fellow Germans exactly where their food comes from and who they should really pay attention to. And that takes us to the latest news out of Deutschland this morning. Another 5,000 tractors and trucks descended on Berlin yesterday, unwilling to budge from their demands that all those subsidy cuts be revoked. In total, we now have over 100,000 tractors and trucks that have parked themselves on various German streets over the past two, three weeks, all in a show of force that has surprised the ruling leftist government. To the point, the German finance minister attended one of the farmer rallies yesterday trying to explain that the government understands their position, feels their pain, and respects them very much. But yes, that everyone, all the farmers and ranchers, they must sacrifice. And then he explained that, yes, some of the sacrifice, some of the cuts, were due to the war in Ukraine, and that Germany has to give Kiev billions of euros in support. And that uh, was not exactly well received. The farmer said, nein, or absolut nicht. You know, you get the idea. I don't speak German well. They said, no way. They booed, they hissed this finance minister, Mr. Christian Linder. They screamed at him too. Although this guy was not alone. The German chancellor was booed the other day at a handball match, all because Germans, including the farmers and ranchers, have had quite enough of their leadership. So those are the latest facts and data this morning. Let me offer you my quick analysis and opinion. These farmer protests in Germany are being framed in European press as right-wing or radical right. Now, here's what's interesting about that. The press is also trying to tie this farmer outrage to another conservative movement in Germany that wants to deport millions of illegal migrants and asylum seekers in that country, including those that manage to get German citizenship. They're mostly from Northern Africa and the Middle East, and most of them have been allowed in under leftist governments over the past 20 years. Well, this idea of stripping people of their citizenship and sending them back home that is promising leftists in places like Berlin to ring the alarm that the Nazis are back wanting to deport brown and black people back to their home countries, including probably these farmers. So we'll talk more about this down the road, but I want to have uh, this on your radars, folks. First, of course, because we want to think about these pro uh, protesters and the farmers and whether or not they're successful. But also, we need to think big picture. How this fight by these working men and women in Europe is increasingly a populist movement of, well, the little guy versus the big guy. 
And the big guys mostly leftist governments that, well, in the view of the little guy, no longer cares about them. In fact, we covered this in detail back on November 28th. I took you from Ireland to France, Italy, the Netherlands, Germany. And we talked about in how all of these countries, they are undergoing populist revolutions with the working men and women trying to, well, if I could borrow a phrase, make Europe great again. Well, the leftist governments are absolutely petrified about that. So more to come because how the folks over there handled this issue may be how the Biden White House and his party handles this same issue and those same kinds of people over here, too. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a final piece of news along with a little bit of a personal update. It's a good one. Yesterday, the Wall Street Journal broke some very interesting news. The company John Deere announced that it had signed a deal with a satellite system called Starlink, all to connect their John Deere tractors and seeders and crop sprayers and other equipment to the internet. Starlink, by the way, is owned and operated by Elon Musk and his company SpaceX. As John Deere noted yesterday, their various implements have a lot of gadgetry on them, from some AI-infused tractors to sprayers that identify whether a plant is a weed or a crop and sprays them accordingly. But as John Deere flagged yesterday, many pieces of their modern farm equipment need an internet connection, which is tough or expensive to come by. Uh, But with this latest deal, it makes it a lot easier to maximize the equipment's modern value. I should tell you that there are other satellite providers and some level of connection that has already been online for a while now in some of these rural areas. Companies like Intelsat are out there. But this deal makes it far more widespread, faster, apparently, the connection, and more reliable. To the point, it should cover the remaining 30% of American farm ground that is not currently covered. And that new farm ground might include some barns or pastures where little calves are trying to come into the world this morning, but mom's having some trouble. But not to fear, an AI-powered camera system that is tethered to the internet is coming to the rescue. The camera company called Nikon announced that they are pairing a surveillance camera system that they make with an artificial intelligence system that will give ranchers about five hours of advanced warning that a cow is about to give birth. The AI system has been trained to also spot cows that are having difficulty in delivering a calf such that a a farmer or a hired hand can rush to the cow and pull it if need be. Also, this is interesting, the cameras will be able to detect when a cow is in heat, which will make breeding easier and more productive. No word, though, on whether the camera systems will maybe have some speakers for perhaps some, some jazz to get the cows and the bulls in the mood. Okay, that was a great joke. Anyway, ranchers in Japan say that this system is quite effective and very, very helpful. They note that the cameras send a message to their cell phones or their computers that a cow is ready for romance or having a very problematic birth. And that warning system might be activated in the middle of the day or at night, as my ranchers know. So this system allows them to have another set of uh, very watchful eyes while they, the humans, get a little shut-eye or focus on other projects. 
for people interested, this uh, system by Nikon runs about $6,000 a year for 100 head, give or take. A little spendy. One final related note this year. This is fun. I'm thinking about installing some cameras on my family's ranch and mountain property and live streaming that for you all to watch. I've tossed out the idea to, to family and we'll see. But I think it would be a ton of fun. You all can see the family in action or just some pastoral scenes of, of rural Oregon, which, by the way, is a beautiful place. It just don't go to Portland. Antifa will get you. Folks, <clears throat> if you'd like me to answer one of your questions on this podcast this week or down the road, it's easy to do. Either donate via my Stripe account, which you will find a link for in the show notes. Just make sure you leave your email and I'll be in touch. Otherwise, go to writereport.substack.com, sign up, and at the bottom of each day's Substack post, you can leave me a comment or ask me a question. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.